Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. To Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And Frank, I've been thinking over the last couple of days, when the NBA first shut down, we did a bunch of podcasts, obviously, through the end of March and then through April. And pretty much the whole time I, I said that I wasn't getting too carried away positively or negatively regarding the NBA return and every little update we had I was being cautious with that and not getting too carried away but maybe I need to admit that I did get a little bit carried away with the NBA return in the last week or so it was obviously exciting news for us as Bucks fans that want to see Milwaukee out there playing for a championship but over the last few days yeah clearly some of the obvious complications that exist in the world with it with the pandemic and with social justice and human rights all these things coming together it is still a very complicated situation ahead for the nba yeah it is but i I don't to be honest i'm not um i can't say i'm worried from a will we get basketball perspective just because um there's a lot of you know sort of disparate concerns and and things that are you know going to be driving conversation uh as we sort of inch towards basketball returning and obviously the the you know the, the the biggest story of the past weeks even bigger than the pandemic has been um obviously the movement um around black lives matter matters and and uh, you know talking about um you know equality racial uh, injustices and and kind of all the pieces that come with that which you know i'm not going to say is like a new story i mean this, that's like literally a topic hundreds of years old um so that's obviously like very fresh and, and part of this. Uh, and then there's sort of the, the more, you know, logistical science aspect of which, you know, the, the issue we had been assuming would be the big hurdle towards bringing people back, which was, you know, how do you make it safe? Um, and the irony is that like, you know, th- those to me, it's, it's kind of interesting because there are these like two very, you know, big, big picture, literally the world has sort of stopped because of these things. Um, over the past, you know, few weeks in the case of, um, you know, the protests and certainly over the past few months in the case of the pandemic. Um, but I, I kind of get the feeling that like the more practical sort of ask thing that, that really is, is bugging players more than anything and, and is like actually the real hesitation for a lot of these guys wanting to go to Orlando is just they just don't want to basically be cooped up in Disney World without much to do except play basketball for potentially weeks or, you know, in the case of um, players on contenders months. <laughs> I think, I think to be honest, that's, yeah. that's still probably the, the biggest issue. Although there are obviously, you know, two much more um, grandiose and, and certainly much more, um, you know, much more moral high ground type, type reasons for having pause about playing. 
Um, but ultimately, I think at the end of the day, there's a massive amount of money at stake here. And, you know, as far as like, especially when you think about like the best play, you know, like, I come back to this, the best players are going to want to play. You know, the guys that actually are on contenders, Giannis is LeBron's, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to want to play basketball. And also probably like most of the average rank and file players who need money. Um, and, you know, you're talking about whatever it is, 600 million, a billion dollars, something on that order um, of money at stake for the league and half of that going to players. Um, so again, I think when push comes to shove, I imagine we may see some players decide not to play, which, you know, as we talked about at the end of last week, Adam Silver said, um, that's fine. You're, it's not going to be, uh, you know, you're not going to be punished for it. You're just not going to get paid <laughs> to not show up. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, I, I think most players are, you know, going to kind of do the, the thing that kind of you expect them to do, which is return to the court. And again, there are definitely issues and, and challenges uh, around a lot of the aspects of, of this. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I still can't see kind of a, a different result at this point. Um, you know, I, I, I still feel like there's an overwhelming likelihood that, you know, the, the league will return sort of in general the way it's been planned. And again, I think the league will listen to what's being said. And I think they'll probably potentially bend and, and slash figure out ways to meet players halfway on some of the issues that are being discussed, even though, you know, some of these things like, the pandemic concerns slash the I'm being cooped up concerns are actually like very contradictory sort of <laughs> issues. So that's probably the hardest thing to solve. But, um, you know, I, I think not playing basketball because it will get in the way of, you know, uh, a movement. I, I don't know. At the end of the day, that doesn't really compute for me. I, I don't think that's a, a natural kind of logic that, that makes sense. So uh, at this point, I, I think we're, we're still going to see games and obviously as basketball fans, selfishly, that's, that's obviously something that we're hoping to see. Yeah, I do tend to agree. And, and the one point that's important to make is that when all this stuff started blowing up online and on Twitter over the weekend, I do believe that a big reason for that was because it was Kyrie Irving that was leading this. And we spoke about this last week. We laughed about him wanting to be down there and playing. And remember he was one of the original guys that voted to approve this, you know, potential, uh, set up that the NBA has moving forward. And there was reports last week that he was wondering uh, if he could be there as a fan, what kind of, I think it was like what kind of alcohol they can get into the bubble, like all these kind of crazy requests for someone that wasn't even playing. So now the fact that he was leading this, people automatically assume anything that Kyrie is pushing is kind of uh, questionable. And I think we saw two very different types of reporting. We saw the report from Woj, which was very much, I mean, he labeled him the disruptor which I think is a name that's going to stick with Kyrie for a long time now. But it was, it was very, it was attacking Kyrie. And I think the problem with only putting a few quotes out from these meetings is that you can do that and you can sort of you know, label these meetings as one thing rather than the other. Whereas we've seen a bunch of, of players come out now and say that it wasn't all one-sided. The tweets that, to me, made a lot of sense came from Chris Haynes. And he, he tweeted one on, on, on Saturday. And I just want to read that. He said, Kyrie Irving led an inspiring conference call Centered on unity, systematic racism, investing in communities with 80 plus players that included WNBA players. Opinions were voiced, questions were answered, and a common theme established whatever we do, we're in this together. And when you tweet that out, 
that's very different to some of the other things we were getting uh, from some of the other reporters in regards to the doom and gloom that might be facing the NBA. One of the players that was on the call, uh, Ed Davis, there's a story today or a bit of a Q&A on Hoops Hype, and, and he expressed that, yes, clearly, he's very invested in Black Lives Matter, but he also understands the importance of having an NBA season this year and what that might mean for an NBA season next year. And he believes, as a veteran, the guy that's been in the NBA for a long time and, and made a bunch of money, that it's, it's important and it's his responsibility to go back and ensure that the league can recoup some of this money and, and not uh, suffer any more damage than they have already. So there's, there's going to be players on both sides of this. And I think ultimately you're going to see the, the NBA, as you sort of said, they're going, to, they're going to cater to what the players want and what they feel is necessary at this time in the world to play. The one thing that can't really be adjusted for mine, though, and we've been talking about this the whole time, is the safety aspect of this. I mean, we can certainly come together and hopefully, led by Kyrie or whoever it is, can, can come up with ways that the NBA can return and they can uh, not feel like they're turning their back on the, the movement that's going on in the US and across the world and they can still uh, help with that change and help in some way. I, I don't know what they may be. I know I heard an idea going back a few weeks ago now. I think it was Jay Skeets that said, yeah, maybe on the court you have Black Lives Matter on the court, a deco. I don't know. Something like that. I'm not sure if that's something that would uh, you know, feel worthwhile for the players. It's not, not for me to say. But in some way, I think that they'll be able to do that and, and hopefully still play. But I'm sure that those are the conversations that are going to be had. And ultimately, I think it's fine that they, that they bring up those concerns. So I think they have to be able to speak about this. This was a little reminder that uh, the approved plan was then for further discussion rather than locked in concrete. We know there's so many variables right now that things can change a little bit. Okay, let me jump in now and tell everyone about our friends over at rockauto.com that are sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and same for professionals as they are for do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box and they'll know you came from us. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Uh, on the one hand, I think uh, it doesn't reflect well of the players' association that you know the scenario is approved and then there seems sure. to be this internal discord about what was being signed off on and and did you know the player reps from each team actually get uh enough give enough voice to uh other other players that they're representing and um you know it's an interesting dynamic because the way that you know the league basically were the union works is you have each team has a rep so obviously as you mentioned 22 reps for the 22 teams that be involved in this uh, you know, the seeding games and the playoffs. Uh, and those reps, you know, basically are meant to to represent the players from their teams. And, you know, there's not like a full league-wide vote, right, on or, or players' union-wide vote on this. And I kind of chuckled. I tweeted something kind of sarcastic about, uh, I forget who wrote it, but but someone basically wrote it like it, it did. 
they didn't believe that, you know, the union did not view it as achievable to have all 450 members vote on, <laughs> yeah, on something like this. <laughs> and of course, like, you know, achievable, like, I mean, to me, that's just code for we don't want the union voting in a truly democratic fashion because, to be honest, that takes power away from the star- superstars who are, you know, kind of disproportionately represented in a lot of the kind of, you know, executive VP level sides of, uh, of the union. Um, you know, Chris Paul is the leader of the union. I mean, Kyrie Irving, ironically, <laughs> is also, uh, you know, one of the, uh, on this kind of executive side of it. Um, and, you know, basically that, that enables, you know, sort of the, the stars to make sure that, you know, kind of votes happen the way they want. Um, whereas if you put it up to a full league wide vote, you don't know exactly what might happen. Right. Um, and you put more power into the hands of rank and file players, guys who, you know, are making a lot less money and, and have different incentives than, than superstar players. Um, obviously selfishly, you know, as somebody who wants basketball, um, I'm siding with the superstars on this case because they, those guys, those are the guys that tend to want to play basketball. You know, Kyrie doesn't really, I mean, Kyrie has as little as at stake as sort of anybody who's in sort of uh, a key position here. And so, you know, like his comments, uh, he'll risk it all or give up everything or whatever it might be. I mean, you know, look, Kyrie and all these other guys, they've made tons and tons of money. So them sacrificing part of a season means far different than uh, a guy who, you know, has never had more than a minimum contract or something like that also means far less when you're out for the season <laughs> and you're on, you know, a seven seed uh, versus if you're uh, somebody who's actually has a chance to play for something, you know, it's really not, um, not that noble to say that you're willing to sit out a, se- a season that you're not going to play in regardless um, and where your team doesn't really have a chance to, to win anything. So, um, so that kind of, to me, that, that rang a bit hollow, even putting aside, you know, kind of the usual skepticism we have about Kyrie. But I think the important thing though, is, you know, bringing, this up um it obviously it pushes pressure puts pressure on the league and ownership to really do meaningful things around um this cause that you know i think the league has like pretty much you know the rest of the sports world to a large extent not without some exceptions but obviously there has been a sea change you know we'll compare this to a few years ago when colin kaepernick you know first takes the knee uh and the controversy that came from that um compare that to now i think all of the leagues uh have you know shifted significantly in terms of what what the messaging has been and obviously teams you know we obviously had dustin godsey on you know days after the bucks organized their own march about this topic right i mean that's that's a a huge change and, and a huge breakthrough i think for um you know the people that that are obviously have been fighting for for you know around this topic for a long time so um, so I think again, it's, you know, it, it, it puts obviously pressure on owners to figure out like, okay, you know, like that topic matters a lot to, to you owners or, you know, teams are making it seem like they're saying the right things for the most part, with the exception of like the Knicks who just, you know, can't get out of their own way ever. Um, so can they, you know, can players really push owners to do something more meaningful and engage in a more meaningful way? Yes. And I think that's, you know, I think the positive out of all this, but again, that doesn't mean that you have to sit out the season to get that right. I mean, to me, that's the, um, that is really the self-defeating um, solution. You know, that, that's really the kind of thing where, where nobody wins. I don't think, right. I don't know what um, it accomplishes for kind of the ends of this 
cause to just have guys not playing basketball, right? Um, they can obviously create a lot of money for themselves in the league and put, you know, they could put that money to really, you know, noble means um, in a way that also lets people enjoy the sport that obviously, you know, everybody um, that, that has, you know, given them their livelihood. So um, obviously Adam Silver tonight on ESPN kind of pretty much said, you know, Hey, this, 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 uh, you know, approach the tournament, the way they're setting it up and everything. It's not for everyone. He was pretty candid about it. Um, but, uh, we'll see. I obviously our expectations still that the vast majority of certainly the top end players, players on great teams, um, are going to, you know, be a part of this. And again, I think probably ultimately the biggest hesitation is going to be around, um, the format and the lack of, you know, call it freedom, which of course, you know, I think we all have to acknowledge the perception of like literally like locking players up right um in this quarantine tournament uh when the the topic of you know social justice and all these things are are so you know fresh and and at the top of everyone's minds again nobody's saying that you know uh the i mean I, i'm not going to sit here and say like the players are being imprisoned but you know the optics aren't great right but again this is sort of the the challenge of trying to have uh, a return to play during a pandemic, you know, there's just the fundamental trade-off of do you let people live their lives more like normal or do you, you know, try to close off uh, that campus to the outside world as much as possible in order to limit the possibility of, of anybody getting sick. And again, different people are going to come out on different, you know, making different trade-offs, but that's just the reality of kind of how this is uh, probably going to end up. And we, I don't think we're ever going to satisfy everybody, but um, again, it's, it's, it's one of these things. It'll be curious to see, um, where, if the league changes the policy at all, I think if anything, I don't think the league's going to make anything stricter. I don't think the league's going to, you know, force every Disney employee that is going to work in the bubble to stay in the bubble and never go home. I think the end result will be, they may loosen things for the players. Cause I think that's probably where more players, uh, are going to come out versus being, being, being more strict, but that's just that's just my guess. I don't know. What's, what's your feeling on that? That aspect of it is, is so, so difficult for me. But I, I think the interesting thing that, that you brought up earlier, I want to I touch on that, is the financial aspect. Because we've spoken about motivation a lot. And from a Milwaukee point of view, we've said, well, I think the Bucks are going to be motivated to go back and play because they're playing for a championship, which I think is accurate. But I think there's also financial incentive, you touched on it, on players that maybe don't earn as much as some of the superstars. And I think that, that there will be motivation from that point of view. And remember, if they don't come back at all this, this season and they lose even more money, again, obviously there's the uncertainty of what's going to happen with next season and you know, potentially, worst case scenario, a lockout next year. But the salary cap is only going to go down further. And that even implicates, obviously, someone like Giannis, who we spoke a lot about, who is, is looking to make a... a yeah, a huge contract in the future. So I think the financial impact of this for players will be a motivation as well. And that was, again, another one of the points that Ed Davis made. He said, you know, for, for some of these guys, this is life-changing wealth and life-changing financial decision that they're making. And the more money they make, then the more money they can put back into the communities and help the cause, uh, the Black Lives Matter cause and, and in their communities and, and the black communities right across the U.S. So I think that financially, 
we, we keep on talking about motivation from a from a winning point of view, but I think financially this is going to mean a lot to a, to a lot of players as well. And I'm sure there's some great concern around the league from guys that are upcoming free agents, perhaps from guys that aren't on that superstar level of making money and really, really want to get some of these lower-end, mid-level deals uh, for their future. Uh, I think that the, the dollar amounts is, is going to be a huge uh, motivation for them as well. All right, before I jump in and let you guys know about a couple more of our sponsors, just a message from the network. The Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. And now let me tell you a little bit about the best tasting protein bar out on the market, Built Bar. Built Bars are tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And while you're munching down on one of those Built Bars, why don't you browse BobblesGalore.com? Bobbles Galore is the leading bobblehead retailer in the country. They have a vast inventory of bobbleheads from all major sports leagues, including our teams, the Packers, Brewers, and Bucks. They're officially licensed by the NBA, MLB, and NFL. Right now in limited quantities, only 1,500 of these were made. They have a triple MVP Wisconsin puzzle bobblehead that showcases Giannis, Rogers, and Christian Yelich. It's unlike any bobble you've seen before. On top of that, for Bucks fans, they have another limited piece, the Greek flag Giannis bobblehead. Bobbles Galore can also make custom bobbles. For any occasion or event, visit bobblesgalore.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive free shipping. That's bobblesgalore.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get free shipping. To me, that's always the starting and ending point, right? Um, and and ultimately, that's the question all these players are going to have to ask themselves is, are you willing to sacrifice you know, a, a not insignificant amount of money uh, for fill in fill in the blank of whatever your your reason is for for not participating, right? If it's you know, I would say one of the few people who who are actually worried about getting sick due to coronavirus, right? I think that's prop. I think that's probably the people. You know, if I was to to kind of rank the three big um, drivers of concern, I would say that's probably the lowest. Um, I, I think ironically, uh, <laughs> like the media might be. I think the media is probably way more concerned about that than I would guess probably the players are. Um, so, which is ironic, of course, you know, given the okay. the grave impacts that coronavirus has had on kind of society more broadly. But I think um, I, I would imagine the players, especially given the profile of players and, you know, obviously there have been players that, um, that can, you know, that we heard about uh, contracted coronavirus in March. Uh, and you know, there doesn't, it doesn't appear that anybody suffered any kind of, you know, thankfully any, any real long-term, well, there wasn't anything, any kind of, we didn't hear any really bad stories. It seemed like most people were, right. you know, minimally symptomatic and, and sounds like everybody's recovered, thankfully. But, um, but I would say that's probably the least of people's concerns. And then I don't know exactly how people will rank the top two 
you know, um, but certainly the, the, the broader topic of, of racial equality and injustice and how, how you make a stand against that um, and, and just whether it's appropriate to play, um, which again is kind of a very amorphous thing, right? Like, you know, what is it, you, what is it you accomplish by not playing? You know, like who, who, who are you sending a message to that needs to hear it by not playing, right? That, that's the part that I, I don't really see what, what sort of the ultimate obvious value is in doing that. Um, I'm sure it'll, it would be a, a tremendous statement, you know, just in general, if they basically boycotted playing the sport because of that. But again, it's not really, you know, like as far as who you're punishing, right? Fans that actually like the NBA owners. That's really, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's, I would say that's probably not the, the group that, you know, you really need to be pushing back against per se. Um, so I, I, again, like, all right, you're going to sacrifice a lot of money for uh, symbolism really, right? Like that, that's, I think kind of a hard, a hard argument to make versus I'm going to go make some money. I'm going to, and I can still do, you know, I can still speak my mind on this topic. And if I make money, I can take that money and I can go put it to, you know, ways to, to, to work at this, this issue. Right. Um, and again, I think the, the players will be able to use this to also, you know, probably negotiate or, or push the NBA to, to make some more meaningful commitments around this, whether it's financial or otherwise. So, you know, again, I think that, that again, not to say it's bad that this is even being discussed. I don't think it's bad at all. Um, but as far as, you know, when push comes to shove, are you going to actually sit out games and, or, or skip the rest of the season because of it? Yeah, it just doesn't really add up for me. Um, and then, of course, the other piece is just the inconvenience factor of, of going to, to Orlando and kind of being stuck there. And, you know, the, the fact that you don't get to see your family until after the first round of playoffs, if, if you go that far. Um, I imagine that's really kind of the more like the most like uh, rubber meets the road sort of practical aspect of this, um, that it's just going to kind of potentially suck um, to, <laughs> to be stuck there. Um, and again, it's, it's just an uncommon thing that nobody's had to really deal with. So uh, I'm sure players will, you know, agitate again and agitate to, to maybe get more freedom um, rather than more security against, you know, uh, the bubble being broken. Um, but, but again, I think I would also say this, like, I mean, the idea that the bubble, I mean, this was never about creating like a biodome where like, you know, nobody leaves and nobody gets out and, you know, they're freaking growing their own fruit or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, like to some extent there's gotta be contact with the outside world. Um, and you know, Disney employees coming in and out. I mean, it's not like those people are going to be standing around, like being the people that, you know, are in closed quarters breathing on players or something like that. Right. Like, I'd say the vast majority of those people would never actually have direct contact with players. And, you know, certainly I, I have not heard, I, I don't think there's really been any, uh, any real direct evidence of, you know, like food contamination and spread of the virus that way. Like that really, that was one thing I was worried about, especially as somebody who was getting takeout during the pandemic. Like, you know, there's going to be some story about a, you know, McDonald's worker who has it and spreads it to a bunch of people. It, really, it hasn't happened. Right. Thankfully. So, um, so I think the risks are probably very low due to that. Um, but again, like how much do you want to push the envelope and loosen things and, you know, let guys step out of the bubble? I mean, again, that's just, again, this is part of the whole trade-off, right? Because the moment you start to loosen, then 
uh, you just increase the odds, obviously, of somebody at some point getting coronavirus. And, you know, again, we've obviously talked a lot about what the potential impacts of that could be, not just health, but also obviously selfishly as basketball fans, just on the outcome of, of what we see this summer. So to this point, we haven't really heard anything from Bucks players in, in regards to whether they were involved in the meetings or whether they have uh, any concerns about coming back. Probably the big ones that stand out for me in terms of being rivals for the Bucks for the championship, Avery Bradley has said to be pretty vocal on these calls, expressing some concerns. And also Dwight Howard said that he just straight up doesn't think basketball is needed right now. So that's interesting for two Lakers players. Uh, this is, you know, they were probably the least likely that we've sort of discussed and thought would have any concern to coming back because there is that real, uh, you know, chance to win a championship and, and the whole motivation factor coming down here for all the reasons we've discussed here is playing a big part in, in why players have all these concerns that have, that have come together. Uh, but, but that's interesting from the Lakers point of view. And again, this comes back. It's very easy for me to say, I mean, it's, it's not for me to say how these players feel and, and where their motivations are for coming back to Barcelona, but it's noteworthy that a couple of Lakers players are potentially against this. And look, if I'm going to be really cynical about it, um, you know, first off, Dwight Howard, you know, uh, you start talking about Orlando and Dwight Howard and he can't make up his mind about anything, right? Uh, sorry, I've got to take my shots at Dwight after uh, <laughs> everything that happened with, with him leaving the Magic. But um, look, again, there's no harm. This is still so far off too. Absolutely. For, <laughs> we're, for literally, sure. we're literally talking about this, the, we're talking not talking, we're talking about the season not starting from their six weeks. You know, I mean, this is so far away. It's not like you're you're telling players they have to show up next week for uh, you know to 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 start playing basketball. And again, there's going to be obviously a, a training camp. You know, starting in potentially a couple of weeks, I guess, right? But um, but as far as you know, a lot of this, it's it's still a little ways out. And I mean, the crazy part is like we don't even know where where this is going to go. Like when you talk about like the movement and everything that's been happening in obviously major cities, um, including Milwaukee. I mean, we have no idea where this is going to be in a week, let alone five weeks, six weeks. Right. Um, you know, for players to like sit out because they need to be, feel like they need to be doing something about this. I, I don't, I don't even, you know, who knows what that's even going to mean. Right. Are there still going to be mar people marching and protesting in two weeks, in six weeks, I, I don't know. If you told me that it would, you know, basically they, there wouldn't really be uh, many open, pro, you know, kind of like organized protests two weeks from now, I wouldn't be shocked. If you told me there would still be protests two months from now, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. Right? Like yeah. literally, this this could go any direction. And obviously, I think you know the kind of continued violence and and actions against protesters has been a major part of why this has sort of continued to play out. I think the way it has. Um, but again, now I'm kind of, I guess, put, veering into probably a, 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 a broader discussion around sort of why this has, has kind of caught fire the way it has, um, you know, unfortunately, literally and figuratively. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think, again, it's free to, to ask the questions now, you know, guys are free to, to kind of speak their mind. And, you know, that's, that includes Kyrie Irving as, as much as I find him just sort of an annoying human being. Um, there's no, there's no shame in, in kind of bringing up, um, the topic and, and kind of asking, asking some of these questions. Um, you know, but again, push comes to shove, like, you know, is Dwight going to sit out? I mean, 
what is Dwight going to accomplish by sitting out? I, I don't know, right? And I think all these players ultimately are going to have to, you know, figure that out for themselves. What is the, you know, what what is the the, the most meaningful way that they can spend their summer and and beyond? Because obviously, this is not something that you know you just go and you know it's not like an internship. You just go spend six weeks doing this thing and then you put it on your resume and then it's done, right? Like, I mean, this is, this is way bigger than basketball, way bigger than, than any of these individual players. And, um, you know, uh, impressive, you know, LeBron kind of putting his money where his mouth is, you know, he's over the past week there, he's obviously with, along with a number of other players kind of forming, I'd say, you know, more specific plans around how to mobilize people, um, politically as, as well as otherwise around this topic and, and kind of more broadly. So, um, you know, you know, LeBron's playing, um, and obviously he's the biggest brand in the sport still, regardless of how much we might love Giannis, you know, LeBron is still the flag bearer. So again, you know, the best teams and the best players I have little doubt are going to want to play. And, you know, I think ultimately that's the most important thing. Um, and, and again, I'm sure some guys ultimately may sit out, uh, I think it's going to be just fascinating to see what what happens and really what the reason is because it, it may not be for the reason. It's, it certainly will not be for all the same reasons, right? I think it's going to – the mileage will vary significantly from player to player. Yeah, bigger than basketball is the is the good point you made there, and it is. And that's why I, I thought it was important to talk about it a little bit and talk through some of these things we saw over the weekend because there certainly was a lot of negativity towards – uh, it felt like there was a lot of negativity towards these players having these conversations, which quite clearly have to happen. And, and you pointed to uh, the fact that not every not every player is had the opportunity to speak up and talk about what they're concerned about. So I think that that right now, basketball's a long way away, as you pointed to. So the fact that they're having these conversations and this stuff is getting out there is good. Is good, and they should feel like they have the opportunity to talk about that. And I think it was just another reminder, as I said right off the top, that uh, just you know, be careful. You see one tweet with a with a quote and all of a sudden everyone wants to attack one person. Uh, there would have been a lot more that was discussed over the course of these uh, phone calls that are continuing to happen. So we'll see. Like I said, right from the top, I, I still feel similar to you. I feel like there is going to be basketball. Uh, we're still only in the middle of June. So as, as you pointed to, it's a long way away from here. But uh, we'll see. The news is going to keep circling through and we'll keep updating everyone how what that means from a Bucks point of view at this point, as I said, we haven't really heard too much from any Milwaukee players in regards to where their uh, feelings lie about this. But again, we both assume that they would be very much interested in coming back and playing off for an NBA championship. But I have to remind everyone, make sure you check out the John Hollinger and Nate Duncan podcast on the network. Uh, it's always a fantastic listen and they'll go into the more broader detail from around the league, not just the Milwaukee Bucks. So if you have any interest in that, check that one out. But Frank, thank you for jumping on late on a Monday. Thank you everyone for listening. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.